in this monkey farm now, Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time. That's why I got, like, what the, at the end of the recording on Friday, I, even with being drunk, my back was really trying to kill me. I'm like, I need to get done. I need to get done. What are you going to do for the rest of your life as far as your back goes? When are you going to get, like, a new one? I don't, I don't think they do that. Um, I don't know. At some point, maybe I'll just have to get surgery, I guess, but I really don't want to. Just, my fucking back is fucked. It's like I that mean, punk I, song. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, I was doing all right for a while, and then I stopped walking, and maybe that was part of it. Um, I started trying to walk again this week, but my back is still killing me. We'll see how it goes. You gotta um, do uh, well. Uh, I don't know. Lift weights with your back. Make your your lower back muscles real strong. You don't <laughs> even have to use your spine anymore. It'll just be your muscles. Back like the six million dollar man. Would you like one? Um, this is one hundred. Every time episode. I bend over to pick up a, a box, I want to hear a sound that goes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no, like a uh, hydraulic press. <laughs> it's a hundred episodes. If I had the soundboard, it would be like air horns. Like wow, 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 wow. Oh yeah, one hundred. Woo, hundred episodes in. What's this episode? This episode is about the number 100, like a Sesame Street episode. Who's <laughs> brought to you by the number 100 and the letter F. Letter F for fuck. Still going, huh? Life. Life just keeps going. Just like this podcast for some reason. What's Not this even. podcast about? Is it about movies? Is it about our weird political beliefs? Who knows? I don't know anymore. This podcast is, uh, this is the last one. 100 episodes and done. Well, That's what I always said. If I'm done. The original concept was we were just going to do all the canon films, right? So had we stuck with that, we'd be like a third of the way through right now. <laughs> <laughs> Contemplating what we're going to do afterwards. Yeah. At this point, I think we've only ended up watching like four canon films, maybe. And one of them uh, got lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The yeah. famous last episode. We were supposed to do that for a live. Uh, yeah. Uh, over the top. Uh, I don't think it's on Amazon Prime anymore. No. We have to figure out some other way. Um, yeah, so we didn't end up doing canon films and we haven't watched very many of them. We'll get around to it eventually. We also uh, didn't really stick to the 80s necessarily. Mostly we have. There's just a, like a few like 
outliers. Danny sucks, though, because everyone's really stressed out about Ronald Reagan and shit, so it reflects too much of our current time period. <laughs> uh, not our current movie. The other dead is more of uh, how humanity just sucks in general. Oh, no, it comes from George Romero's anxieties from Reagan and shit in the 80s. I mean, I've heard that, but I really, and I've seen that argued, but I really feel like this one in particular, like the 70, the Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead, like for sure represent uh, an aspect of the time. But this one feels like more of a critique of of humanity at this point. It almost feels like, you know, Miyazaki towards the end of his career. Well, this is like halfway through Romero's career. He's not very old when he makes this. Well, I guess he's like 40 when he makes this, but you know. This isn't even really the movie. If um, This actually is my favorite zombie movie, so I know a little bit about it, and I'm sure you have a lot of these facts already, but this isn't even really the movie he kind of wanted to make. I think he, what he really wanted to make it was more like what Land of the Dead ended up being. Yeah, so he, he originally wanted to make what he called um, Gone with the Wind, but with zombies. Zombies Gone with the Wind. Not like it would have any similar themes to Gone with the Wind or anything, but just on an epic scale. Frankly, Sarah, I don't give a damn. About zombies. <laughs> the budget wasn't there for it, because uh, despite um, the success of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead especially, George Romero was never a big shot Hollywood kind of director, so he didn't have the budget to make the film he wanted to. And then, yeah, off of uh, Creepshow, too. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, Warner Brothers was also involved in the production of Creepshow, and they took a lion's share of the money, apparently. Well, yeah, I just meant that, like he's proven himself to be at least a somewhat competent and successful director at this point. You feel like you can, you can throw a little bit of cash at him. Oh, uh, no, I'll explain why that happened. It comes, it comes from a shitty independent movie distribution deal he's under. Yeah, um, I'm sure. And then, well, also, too, like... Um, did he want to release this movie unrated? Because was Dawn of the Dead was released unrated, correct? Correct. He uh, that's one of the uh, points of contention with the producer with Day of the Dead is uh, producer was willing to give him seven million, and if he could get an R rating, uh, George didn't want to sacrifice anything in the hopes of getting the R rating, so the budget got dropped down to three point five million. But yeah, like you said, a lot of the ideas and some of the set pieces and concepts ended up kind of showing up in Land of the Dead. Obviously changed quite a little bit because Land of the Dead ended up being about the war on terror and class struggle, of course. That's in every single one. <laughs> Not as much in this one. This one's more um, uh, George Romero's burnt out by the Reagan era or the neoliberal 80s and uh, he doesn't trust Congress or other people very much anymore. So that's what the movie's about. Which, um, not relatable at all. What? I don't, I don't know. Ronald Reagan's been dead for a while, so we don't have to worry about him as much. Mm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's some sort of zombie Reagan out there. Oh, that's terrifying. Well, that's why people piss on his grave so much, is to prevent him from coming back as a zombie. It's um, I don't know that ammonia does that. It's a more like, well, this is more like a, a voodoo sort of zombie situation with Reagan. Uh, I think it's people watch, read, watch too many 80s voodoo movies. Uh, I guess we should talk about that. Um, I don't know if we talked about it in the when we watched the Night of the Living Dead remake. This is the first George Romero movie we watched. So uh, everything you know about zombies, um, George Romero created it. Because before Night of the Living Dead, there was just the voodoo zombies. They weren't flesh-eating ghouls. That was Night of the Living Dead. George Romero created that, which is crazy because that's 1968. Think about like every other... like. Um, famous monster that exists. Like the most recent one to zombies is like Frankenstein and Dracula, and those are the late 1800s, right? 
Is he zombie? Yeah, I mean, I guess some some. I guess the creatures from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I guess those the Universal monsters. Yeah, well, I mean, the mummies are all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, zombies are a pretty recent invention, and this this guy made him George Romero. He was like, "Hey, I invented zombies." Someone give me some money about it. Yeah, he's like, I invented flesh-eating ghouls. Um, you know, as if like the um the dead or the past would come back and prevent uh the advancement of society further in '68. I wonder what he was talking about. I wonder what that was a metaphor for. <laughs> Wasn't obvious. It's not obvious uh, at all. <laughs> like themes and allegories are for fifth grade book reports. I forget what they said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I uh, decided this week I'm gonna get really into horror comics because um, oh, you want to get into like the old EC comics? No, because I'm I've already like read all those several times. I I was thinking, based on the success of The Walking Dead, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, because it's gonna be kind of kind of relevant. Um, I was like, there had to have been like the last like 20 years there have to have been like tons of like horror oh, comics that have come out yeah shit ton so i like uh went through a bunch of like lists and stuff and found ones that sound interesting i have a list like 30 mini series and series and shit that i'm gonna check out because i was like there i mean walking dead the comic book was interesting for a little bit and it was cool for there to be somewhat mainstream um horror comic again because that shit hasn't been around since I don't know, my entire lifetime, like even the EC comics and Tales from the Crypt and shit, that was like a few years before I was born is when they, those stopped being printed. Yeah, even like the Marvel's like uh, horror imprint, like Tomb of Dracula, I think yeah, it or, stopped being printed by the time you were reading comics. Yeah. Sure, both of us. Well, Marvel also had Tales of or Tales from the Shadows or something like that, but that stopped printing in the 70s. The eerie and creepy series, I think, basically all of them. When the comics code stepped in, pretty much all of them went out of business, or they stopped being printed at the major uh, distributors, the major publications, Marvel and DC. Um, today, none of them are published by Marvel or DC. Anyways, they all, all the big ones are published by Image, of course, and then uh, smaller publications for the other ones. Oh, Kyle, I, I think you're forgetting uh, Marvel versus Zombies stupid oh good point i guess dark horse is technically an imprint of dc right no they're their own company oh Oh, probably not for much longer they've lost every fucking license they had oh well dark horse still makes horror comics apparently but yeah a lot of them independently produced similar to the film day of the dead and dawn of the dead and night living dead i only like independent things i'm pretentious um that's not even the correct word to use that's just a lazy word that people use all the time also since we're talking about comic books, uh, I'm glad to see they're going to let every bland studio hack direct their adaptation of Frank Miller for Batman. <laughs> 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 Matt Reeves, you give I, it a shot now. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I have really not seen anything for that's come out of the Batman. I watched. Um, I watched the trailer last night, and I was like, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> I wa- the only thing I've watched from that DC fandom shit is uh, uh, the Suicide Squad trailer. Oh, or reveal, but that's oh, it. like the roll call or whatever. Yeah, just yeah. To see what everybody was, was everybody was playing because it's James Gunn. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, shut up. You know what? Let me have fun somewhere, <laughs> I mean, I it's just we'll see. But he is like trying to do um, 
like a grindhousey like seventies like yeah half those characters are gonna be dead in the first five minutes I'm sure yeah so it might be pretty interesting yeah it is James Gunn you're right he's trauma um trauma certified it might be interesting plus Warner Brothers does seem to let their directors just kind of do whatever since they don't have to adhere to like the the uh, cinematic universe so much anymore I think they're gonna try to do like the cinematic multiverse is what DC's gonna go for uh I don't care it'd be I'm just they if they occasionally like pump out an interesting superhero movie or a comic book movie that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean that's not. That's how I feel about the uh, superhero comedy or superhero movies in general. Oh no, I don't ever expect Marvel to pump out anything interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was perfectly adequate and made by the machinery of Disney, you know, but I, it's not. They won't ever do anything interesting. I don't think. Well, wait till they bring back Robert Downey Jr. You know, <laughs> I was thinking the other day, too. Um, when we were growing up, uh, X-Men were the shit, right? X-Men were the coolest, and Avengers were, like, fucking losers. And it's weird that um, nowadays it's, like, it's because of the how the, the film industry turned out with superheroes. Everyone thinks X-Men is trash and Avengers are cool. And it's, like... Fucking Captain America's in the Avengers. That's like the stupidest superhero of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, um, there's a mutant Malcolm X, Magneto. <laughs> X-Men's way he, cool. he does drugs and throw a bri- does a, throws a bridge at somebody. <laughs> X-Men's way cooler than fucking Avengers. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, comic books, huh? Uh, you know, you can't live with them. Can't live without them. I mean, like, uh, so I live without. Them. I don't know. We've talked about for this about ten years. <laughs> now you get into horror comics. I mean, just certain yeah. we went over this in the Batman, but like, comic books are soap operas for the most part. And every once in a while, there's like a really there's a there's a gem in there. Apparently, not since 1986 when um, Year One, Dark Knight Returns, and Watchmen came out. <laughs> if you go by the movie industry, <laughs> yeah, because that's all they're making. They're like, this is the only time superheroes were good. One day, Frank Miller said, "You know what? Batman's a fascist, and I love him for it." And then <laughs> Warner Brothers said, "Yes, that is what Batman is." <laughs> Luckily, um, this was going to explore Batman's trauma. Yeah, whoa, cutting edge stuff. Luckily, Tim Burton was able to squeeze in like a couple fun movies and Joel Schumacher. Honestly, I think I like the Joel Schumacher movies better than the Nolan trilogy. No, that's that's ridiculous. I haven't watched them in a while, but I I think I did. Maybe the rises, but and definitely not Batman. I will say like Batman Forever is fun. Uh, Batman and Robin is a steaming trash pile. Oh yeah, I I actually still like Batman Forever because of nostalgia. It reminds me of Halloween. Yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, well, because it came out on VHS like on Halloween or around then. I remember coming home from trick or treating and watching it. So I'll love Batman forever and forever. But was Batman, remember, hi to Jim Carrey. I remember seeing Batman and Robin in the theaters, and even as like what I don't know, I had to only be nine or ten. I think I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> but at nine or ten, I had probably already read Dark Knight Returns and like Spawn and shit. Probably didn't understand him or anything, but you know, I was like, this is what the cool guy, this is what the big boys are reading. No, to got you know time for Batman cracking jokes with the freeze with his own bank card. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a step too far for me. <laughs> I had discerning tastes even as an adolescent. <laughs> I was like, get that corporate shit out of here. 
I only want to watch or I only want to read about Batman as published by a corporation, but written and penciled by a fascist. Proto-fascist. Frank Miller did not solidify his fascist views until he got older. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people around uh, 2001, he went crazy. Mm, yeah, th- that's when he did All-Star Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was when it was like firmly solidified. Like, yeah, I'm Frank Miller. I'm fucking crazy. And Batman is too when I write it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Batman is crazy. Like, if... I mean, yeah. If you take it as a real person, like you know, that's a that's a crazy person. Yeah, that's not like but not not the kind of crazy. Right? No, no, no. I want Bill Gates to put on a cape and go to fight crime. I mean, I'd love to see Bill Gates try that, like as he is, as he has been. Not without, like he never did any of the training Bruce Wayne did. He's like, let's get it. And he just gets pummeled. I want to see Elon Musk uh, have the same people that did the Cybertruck build him like an Iron Man suit and have him go out and try to fight crime. It'll blow up for sure. Yeah, well, I will, he, someone throws a well, rock actually, at he'll have, he'll have to keep delaying it and getting like government bailouts and shit. And he's like, it's coming. Don't worry. I'll be out there in the streets eventually. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, get, <laughs> an, I'll get Antifa off the streets. Don't worry. I just need, just need a couple, a couple million more for the government. I'm paying no attention to the stocks. <laughs> uh, also government stimulus directly to citizens is uh socialism and that's bad for some reason it's fine if it goes to his corporation though interesting especially if you know they get to clear a forest in germany with it yeah i don't think that'll offset the uh carbon footprint for their electric cars or anything it's almost like he doesn't actually care about that aspect of it and he just found an interesting way to sell uh luxury cars to fucking idiots huh I also think there's probably huh. this aspect of it that he's like, oh, techie. I'm cool. It's tech. Oh, I'm going to save the world with my yeah. technology. That and the SpaceX shit. I, mm-hmm. 100%. I hate the, the fact. What happened, what's happened to the post office, obviously. But like NASA, what's happened to NASA is ridiculous, too. I can't believe we yeah, privatized our fucking space industry. Yeah. I mean, late stage capitalism, right? It's you, you turn everything into a privatized money making industry. Because you're running out of way. There's not enough money to go around, so we got to find new ways to make money. <laughs> Such bullshit, too. It's not yeah. even true. Um, well, I mean, well, if capitalism is not defeated, we're not going to make it. So, I don't know. Hopefully, people catch on eventually. I mean, honestly, good luck with that. Like, if that's the, the truth, then we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Because we probably are fucked. <laughs> Well, I mean, you certainly wouldn't get that if you watch Day of the Dead. There's there's nothing nothing cynical or pessimistic about this. Well, it doesn't directly address climate change, so it's got that going for it, even though this has been a big week for climate change, right? I haven't noticed. It's been a big, a nice, big, big week. Big week for climate change. Our family had to be evacuated from <laughs> the Bay Area for a few nights because the fire came. Then the fire came. <laughs> <laughs> and the fire nation attacked. Yeah. Uh, but they they did eventually get to go back home on Friday, and they, they, luckily their houses weren't burned down. So that's good. They just have to survive the rest of the fire season and then hope it's not even worse next year, which it will be. So good luck, Grandma and Grandpa. <laughs> so you know what? Enough of the, all the doom and gloom of real life, huh? That's not what this podcast is about. Actually, that was that gave you like a, a nice helping, a nice little a little tasty like array of what this podcast kind of is about. 
So, um, comic books and, and doom and gloom, <laughs> comic books, politics, um, uh, 80s movies, genre films, how it all interplays, and how it makes me feel, it makes me grumpy. Like, there's not anything worth living for except for horror comics. <laughs> I think that's how invested I'm gonna get in horror comics, except for it's probably gonna be like anime where like I was into it for like a month and now I'm like, fuck anime. So, I'll be like, I love horror comics, and then a month from now, I'll be like, Fuck horror comics. Actually, maybe not. Cause you gotta find just you gotta keep rotating your interests. Well, I just uh, uh consistently always like horror shit. So I guess that's it for me. That's you want you watch horror anime? Yeah, they uh, they don't have too many of them, and they're not very good because they're all still take place at high school and shit. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> Fucking why? Why just is like uh, slasher movies? Why is everything in high school? Japan. The Japanese have uh, a weird thing with age, and America has slowly started to get that too. Fuck yeah, oh, yeah we are. I mean, when I was a kid, there was only a new Batman franchise every like fifteen years. Now it's like every three years. They can't. Even... <laughs> no, they have like three going congruently right now, don't they? Technically, right? Because Harley Affleck's gonna be in the new Flash movie. I saw. Right? Holy That's shit! Like... I did read that. At, I was. Oh my god! I thought it was a dream. <laughs> like that was a fever dream, and well, then Michael yeah. Keaton's gonna play Batman in one of those fucking movies too. I thought I read. Oh my! War Brothers just throwing it all out there. They're like, man, we got money to burn. They must <laughs> no, like what? What is is like? We're gonna try to do a Marvel Dead. Oh wait, we can't do a Marvel Dead. Well, fuck it, just do everything. Like fuck it, let's make movie versions of everything we did in the eighties. And by we, I mean um, independent artists who left to go start Image. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting until they get around to uh, make, remaking the Batman animated series as a movie. Oh, like Mask of the Phantasm? Yeah. Uh, supposedly, this new one uh, is about a um, very uh, deep and intricate murder mystery that is able to bring in multiple Batman villains in order to solve it. So, um, oh, so it's Long Halloween? It kind of sounds like it's taking a lot from Long Halloween, but it's also clearly Batman Year One by, Frank, by well-known fascist Frank Miller. <laughs> Hasn't he apologized for some of his fascism? I don't know. I haven't kept up with them since um, around the time Sin City came out, the film, and he was crazy. Oh, yeah. I remember when he made uh, The Spirit. Oof. The Spirit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I remember seeing an interview, and it wasn't like a very uh, full-throated, full-throated <laughs> apology. It wasn't very earnest. He was like, sorry, I offended you. Oh, I mean, we're in the, we're, yeah, basically, we're in the age of... Uh, of uh, oh, sorry. Backhanded apologies. Yeah, we're, no, the apologies now are sorry I made you feel some type of way, loser. <laughs> I'm the, the victim apology. here, asshole. I'm, yeah. You should apologize to me, but I guess I'm sorry. Yeah, that shit, um, particular like is particularly bothersome to me because I was like, that was like sort of how I behaved when I was like, I don't know, nineteen, twenty, and was like really shitty. So, like, to, so to see it be so prevalent now is like, ugh makes like me feel uncomfortable because has to remind me of my shitty past you know what i mean <laughs> like, that said though um not to feed the cancel culture any of that bullshit though because i don't think that's real no one's getting canceled everyone gets, gets to keep doing whatever they want to do fucking louis ck's got a new netflix special man that's just not real um but i i do i am foreseeing a problem coming with the regular normal human interactions seeming to become uh, people are trying to make them problematic on the internet and sometimes it really is just like you want to be like, fucking go outside and like climb a tree and talk to someone. <laughs> like I know, obviously. You hey, just... I'm hey, I'm up here on a tree. What are you? What are you doing? 
I just mean like uh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> of like fucking go like uh, it's pandemic, I know, but I mean in general over the last few years, it's like fucking go to a house party and fucking do some whippets with some losers. All right, like well, not whippets again. You don't do whippets. You you, you kill your brain cells. There's other things you can do. I mean, they're widely available. If you're not, I mean, you can get weed pretty easily in most states. Yeah, now. it's 2020. Yeah, but my point is, like, fucking get out there, do some drugs, like, have awkward sex with people and stuff. Go be, like, a normal person. Don't, like, not everything needs to be, like, psych- professionally and psychologically evaluated. People are just fucking people, and it's normal shit, all right? <laughs> just stop being weird on the internet, you fucking weirdo. My, uh, it's basically my entire personality is being an edgelord on the internet, Kyle, and it has been since I'm 16. <laughs> I mean that's worse than the people that are like super concerned about two year age gaps in relationships or whatever. But I I guess, but like to a certain extent, well, I mean, we're talking about slightly different stuff. But um, it's like I feel like people have just felt like, oh, I have a license now to be an asshole. Well, people are just really judgmental because I'm better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I found a way that I'm better than you, so I'm gonna be really judgy about it. Yeah, people are really judgmental in general, and then also um, the youngsters. I think. And by youngsters, I mean the people in their 20s on Twitter and stuff. And, like, maybe even, like, the younger crowd on, like, Tumblr and shit. Like, uh, they just, like, you, uh, the internet's fucking people up. Like, that whole generation that's, like, spent their whole life on the internet, you know what I mean? And hasn't had, like, any, like, normal milestones. Like, you fucking, you know, getting, like, finger banged at a house party, you know, normal shit. Like well, fu- I mean, I, I guess weird, <laughs> <laughs> I think the internet maybe has allowed more of those people to exist, but I think to a certain extent, those people are always been there. You know, I, mean? I guess they're just louder on the internet, like everything else. Yeah, it just seems so. And it allows them to like uh, congregate together and you know uh, feed on themselves. Yeah, pat each other on the back. Yeah, they just everyone seems so like judgmental and atomized and dogmatic and weird on the internet. I guess it's because I've been trapped inside and I've had to live vicariously through the internet for months now. I'm not used to it. Now I'm like, I fucking, I need to like go, I need to just like go get drunk in public, <laughs> get in a fight or something. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I need to feel something again. <laughs> I don't know, everything just seems varying levels of theater on the internet and in general. But then like when you, if you, I don't know, like when you, Get drunk I mean, I, and party and shit. I don't know. There's like a reality to it where it's like, this is how you wish you could act all the time. <laughs> out of control. Hell yeah. Whatever. Um, fucking being cramped up and doing the same shit day after day, completely fruitless, no meaning to it. What's the point? Day of the Dead, 1985. <laughs> First came the night, then came the dawn. Now comes the most eagerly awaited day in horror film history. George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. We've been punished by the Creator. He visited a curse. We're in the minority now. The dead shall have their day. Day of the Dead. Extraordinary, isn't it? That's not true. Uh, Frankenstein is really getting some shit done in there. 
He seems to be having the most fun, to be honest. Well, no, Terry and um, McDermott, they're, they're having their own kind of party, I guess. But yeah. Frankenstein, he's doing the most. And he's getting shit done. I was thinking, what would be the practical uses of Bub? And I was like, he could be like a zombie assassin. He goes assassinate other zombies. Right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. You just send him out there and mow him down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bub, go ahead. Because I was one of the. It seemed like he was a great shot, though. You know what I mean? He really has to aim for the head if he's going to mow down other zombies. He just needs a little bit more training. I just don't know that zombies have the motor functions, period. Well, that's the thing is, Bub is um, like most human beings. There's uh, a lot of shitty dumb people. The ones we, we were just talking about them, they're all over the place on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of shitty dumb people. And then there's a few like um, exceptionally bright people like Bub. Like in Bub. Uh, it's the same thing with zombies. So Bub's an exceptionally bright zombie, and he's not one of the shitty uh, shit-in-the-pants dumb zombies. So <laughs> yeah, get, Bub's not a eating-the-brains kind of zombie. <laughs> you just get a few Bubs, and, man, you've got a fucking zombie assassination squad. Yeah, see, the, the fucking colonel didn't have... I don't know what his actual rank is. Lieutenant didn't have uh, uh, enough vision because he could have had his own army of zombies. Well, that's he actually, just worked together with Logan. That's one of the plot elements of the original script is the army was actually training zombies to go kill other zombies. Oh, damn it. Yeah, it would have been awesome. So you saw that kind of happened in Land of the Dead too with Big Daddy, the gas station attendant zombie who leads like a fucking zombie revolution. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah he I was, was a bub, bub kind of figure. Well, yeah, what do you think Bub's job was um, before? What do you think the type of guy Bub was before the zombie outbreak? He looks like he's a character from Twin Peaks. Yeah, I thought it was like a like a lumberjack or like a forester. Or, yeah, yeah, he's in Florida, so he's probably he probably was like a, a forester or maybe like a. Uh, I was thinking, I don't know, like a fisherman, maybe I don't know. Maybe he was a gas station attendant. Because <laughs> uh, obviously, um, you don't get this too much anymore. Because even like gas stations have been highly privatized and corporatized. But if you ever go to like those little out of the way gas stations that are like franchised or privately owned. There's always like one very wise older gas station attendant guy there. Yeah, and he's always got a bunch of mannequins, and uh, he tells you not to go into this house because his brother's in there, and his brother's real sick. No, that is one specific gas station man from a movie. Oh. <laughs> he seems but so wise. The kid, the, the connective tissue there is is there. I think Big Daddy and Bub were actually both gas station attendants in their previous life. Uh, it also fits in with um. George Romero being the absolutely most working class filmmaker there is. He's exploring the virtues of the working class. Boom. I did it. That's you know right. What? All the best people in the world. Gas station. <laughs> also, conversely, all the worst people in the world. Gas station attendants. Well, I've, I've, I'm a strong proponent that the modern, um, the modern bazaar is the gas station, right? That's where you, they, the gas station is like yeah, the gas the, station Friday at like nine o'clock. Let's say one of the only places you can go where like different um, class elements intersect. Um, you can like some guy in the parking lot. You can trade him like half a blunt for like a cup of his like um, like two buck chuck or you know whatever he's got mixing up. And then um, you, you might get in a fight. Some guy might need a dollar. He just needs like a, a square. You know, it's fucking all sorts of shit can happen in a gas station. That's why it's like the real. It's the modern bazaar. In fact, I think we should get rid of social media and you should actually just have to go to like the local gas station and prove your point publicly. 
that's the future I want to live in. In my um, anarcho-primitivist society, it won't be that primitive. We'll still have gas stations, but they will be solely for the purpose of being a public forum. <laughs> they won't use gas anymore or anything. That'll just be where you go to, you know, work out your ideas and stuff. What, uh, do the pumps still have anything that comes out of them? Sour diesel, talking <laughs> weed smoke. <laughs> Not a lot of debating is going to get done. <laughs> I mean, I've had some like hot ideas while I'm well, fucked up. I have to not remember them the next day. That's uh, yeah, but you gotta you gotta be the right kind of twist for me. I, there's like a right mixture of me like I have to like already drank like a forty or a couple whiskey and cokes, and then uh, like did a blunt rotation with like three other people, and like be halfway through like my next like big ass drink, and then fucking all right, now it's the time. I I'm fucking bring out the pulpit. I got some shit to say. <laughs> that's like that's when like i come up with my type five that's when i could come up with my like one hour comedy special is when i get that right mix going <laughs> <laughs> i feel well, like you, you go back and listen to me like what the fuck was i even <laughs> talking about <laughs> no because there's, there's just 30 minutes of silence here <laughs> <laughs> you think that but there's been plenty of times where i was able to convince people of some bullshit in those situations yeah they were high as fuck too yeah, but the, it would be like for, uh, and it would be for days and onward that they would believe what I told them until like eventually I would tell them the truth. He's got dumb friends. I mean, yeah, the most people on earth are dumb. That's wow, pessimistic, though. Yep, George like Romero, George Romero. <laughs> said. George Romero said about this film: "It's a tragedy about how a lack of human communication causes chaos and collapse, even in this small little pie slice of society." Well, I was honestly like, if I we'll, we'll get into the movie, like we'll really get into the movie in a second if you want, but um, 100% when Lieutenant first threatened Sarah, uh, Mafai was a scientist. Like that dude is just gonna die in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing is there because the um, other guys are just a bunch of fucking goof offs. If you kill him, you're in charge. Yeah, I was thinking like, man, you. Um, so obviously, obviously Sarah is in a pretty perilous situation, being the only woman. Like that's would be scary as fuck. But um, yeah. Also, Rhodes, like Lieutenant Rhodes, like oh, like if I was any one of those other dudes, I'd be like, man, fucking, I'll put a bullet in you right now. Like when they're having that meeting, and he's trying to force Seal to shoot Sarah. If I was Seal, I'd be like, fuck you, man, shoot him. No, nah, you gotta calm. You let it calm down, right? And you let him go to sleep that night. You just kill him in the sleep. In, in sleep. I mean, there's no no fuss, no muss. Why you gotta I, make it hard? I'd wake him up at least because I want him to know I did it. Oh yeah, you can wake him up. You sit yeah. on Edward's bed. <laughs> Real <laughs> hardcore shit. Yeah, fuck a mask. I want the fool to know it's me. Uh, George Romero is not just a zombie man. I know people say George Romero zombie this, George Romero yeah. zombie that. He made a he made a Dracula movie, and he did that Stephen King thing. He didn't make. It's not a Dracula movie. It's a <laughs> vampire movie. There's no Dracula all movie. vampires are Draculas. <laughs> so he he made Season of the Witch, The Crazies, Martin, which is the Dracula movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the uh, TV show. What TV show? Martin. Oh, <laughs> Martin. I thought there was like. I thought there was actually like a zombie TV show that George Romero was, or a vampire TV show that um, Romero was involved in. I was like, what? Uh, he also did Night Riders. Remember that movie with kids on BMX bikes that are jousting and shit? Badass. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Creep Show and Monkey Shines. Hell yeah. Now, who doesn't love Monkey Shines? Uh, so all these movies are actually pretty good in their own right. Uh, Night Riders, Season of the Witch. 
uh, and Monkey Shine's kind of like fun bad watches. Honestly, they're well made, but they're like kind of goofy. Uh, but then uh, the Crazies, uh, Martin and Creep Show actually are just legitimately really good movies, on par with at least Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead in the same ballpark. Yeah, I mean, I put Day of the Dead ahead of everything, but I, um, I would say maybe some most of those are probably a little bit below Dawn of the Dead. Although I like Martin a lot. Yeah, Martin's a pretty good right. movie. I don't think Creepshow is quite as good as Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead are better than everything. And then the other ones are kind of... They're, 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 he's playing the same game. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're all in the NBA. <laughs> they're just not all LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are Carmelo. Yeah. Yeah, he did end up making like another not as good Dead trilogy. But... I'll defend Land of the Dead till I die. That's not a bad movie at all. It's got John Leguizamo in it, so how could it be bad? Exactly. If John Leguizamo's in it, I'm on board. And Dennis Hopper. Being crazy, as he's known to do. <laughs> you said Dennis Hopper was in it. You don't have to go any further. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's for the kids out there. They don't know too much about King Koopa. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I forgot about that. It's an awful Mario movie. That John Kazama in it. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I bet they were, when they um, reunited on Land of the Dead, they were like, "Oh, good to see you, King Koopa. Oh, Luigi. What How's Bob Hoskins us? doing? Oh, oh. <laughs> he might. Was he still alive when they made Land of the Dead? Two thousand five, two thousand six is Land of the Dead, I believe. No, I think that might that would be around the time he died. Uh, it's a sad reunion for Dennis Hopper and John Leguizamo, is what you're telling me. Yeah, they're like, remember when we all used to just get drunk on set every day? <laughs> what a party. Bob Hoskins could really put him down. <laughs> Lori Cardell, she plays Sarah. There's a man called Bill Cardell. Oh, man. I've, again, this is one of my favorite zombie movies, or my favorite zombie movie. Um, people have said that they don't like this movie because they find the characters unlikable. But I find like the entire scientist team to be pretty likable. Except for Frankenstein. Sarah especially seems likable. What the fuck is wrong with her? I like all the characters, even um, even the shitty ones. Uh, yeah, but they're not they're, likable. You know what yeah. I mean? That's a, that was the um, argument I've heard before. Uh, I uh, will f- firmly plant my flag and say I know exactly why people didn't like Day of the Dead when it came out. Uh, people were not ready for there to be a serious zombie movie. And... I challenge anyone to find any other zombie movie prior to 1985 or even afterwards that isn't somewhat of a joke or incredibly campy. This is absolutely, aside from Night of the Living Dead, this is the only serious zombie movie, and I don't think people are ready to have the suspension of disbelief that much. Yeah, yeah, Night of the Living Dead, I guess, would be the only other one. Dawn of the Dead has too many, like, zombie pratfalls for it to be a serious movie. Dawn of the Dead is a fucking comedy. It's got gags all over the place. There's fucking bikers coming with pies and throwing <laughs> yeah, zombies. Yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. Ah, why don't you throw a pie in his face? There's a guy. A mileage out of that one of the bikers puts his arm in the blood pressure machine, and then the zombies eat him, and so only the arm's left, and the blood pressure machine goes off and shows zero, and then blood spurts out of the arm. You know what I mean? It's just fucking gags. Yeah. Found that is straight up a comedy. It was a lot of fun. That's why people liked it. Um, everyone says, like, oh, I was just expecting some epic conclusion with Day of the Dead. No, you weren't. You wanted to go have fun with, like, your fucking. It's a second date girlfriend or whatever and watch some goofy zombie movie and you got scared in your little pants 
You know what like, I don't oh, like? No. I don't like how they stole all the music from Stranger Things. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Stranger Things stole several tracks from the soundtrack. I guess not stole because I'm sure they had to pay for them. But uh, that's the funny thing about Stranger Things is like they'll show that the main kid's room and they'll have a poster up for the thing. And it's like the thing was a fucking flop in the 80s. There'd be no kid in the 80s with the fucking thing poster on. Maybe if it took place in like 1995. When this movie, when Stranger Things 3 opened up with them, like, we're doing a sneak peek of Day of the Dead, I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah, Day of the Dead played for, like, a week. And it was there's not... No, in, I don't think there was any sneak peeks in fucking Indiana. No, it didn't even make it to most major, major theater chains. It's all, like, fucking nostalgia bullshit. Fucking clown shit. Anyways, Lori Cardell. There's a man called Bill Cardell from the um, Pittsburgh area. He hosted a spooky movie TV show on local TV called Chiller Theater. You know, like how Vampire, Elvira, Joe Bob, all them great, wonderful, spooky guys got their start doing this sort of thing, right? And that guy from Gremlins, too. Yep. Grandpa Dracula. Um, he was a very early supporter of George Romero, uh, put his own money into Night of the Living Dead, one of the producers. Loved George Romero, loved spooky movies. Um, and his daughter, Lori Cardell, plays Sarah. Oh, she does a good job. Yeah, well, she's uh, had actually, I mean, that was her life as she was an actor. Oh, just an yeah, she went to NYU and was doing theater and stuff. Uh, in fact, George Romero went to see her in a play and was like, cool, she's going to be in my zombie movie. And then um, she's basically, she's the glue that holds the movie together. So she's got a hard job. I want to, I mean, everyone. We'll get to it later, but everyone's complaint also, which I think stems from them not being able to do suspension of disbelief with zombies quite yet. They all they talk about is how overacting and over the top everyone is, and it's like fucking no. Uh, maybe steel, but that would be the only one. I mean, Joe Pilato yells a lot, but he's like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the, the, uh, I don't know the dude, the actor that plays him, but the. Steel laugh does that stupid fucking laugh way too much. Uh, can you do an impersonation of it? I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, from the as, uh, big of a uh, uh, John Goodman-looking fellow as he is, it's kind of weird laugh. Also, I don't know what I where I've seen him before, but I feel like I've seen him in other things. I have no idea what it is. Nah, you probably haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I haven't because it doesn't seem like because I can't place him. But I'm like, I'm like, that guy seems familiar to me. Well, he looks like John Goodman and Big Lebowski. <laughs> I don't think that's it, but maybe. Oh. oh. Uh, uh, Joe Pilato, we talked about, he plays Rhodes. He's a crazy person. Apparently, he wore two-inch lifts in his cowboy boots to audition for Day of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a crazy person for you. Yeah, uh, he had a small part in Dawn of the Dead and Night Riders. That's kind of why um, George was like, hey, be in this movie. His uh, audition apparently was super short. He just came in, and George was like, all right, cool. How's it going? Uh, he was also the voice of uh, Metal Greymon in the Digimon movie. Oh well, well I don't really, I never really watched Digimon. That was more your thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but pretty, pretty prestigious there. Ooh, Ooh. Metal um, Greymon. He's also plays Dean Martin in Pulp Fiction when they go to the fifties diner, and uh, he, I'm thinking he definitely got that job because of Day of the Death. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Quentin Tarantino casting for sure. Yeah. Uh, he is now still working. I see he's still got some things going on, but I do know for a fact that he is uh, a crazy alcoholic, and it's kind of sad. So get better, Joe. 
So you can be in my zombie movie called Joe Pilato versus Zombies. <laughs> it's uh, 2020 and we're in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Kyle, and, uh, maybe the collapse of American democracy. I think everybody's alcoholic. Uh, Terry Alexander plays John. He's um, did lots of TV shit before it and he just does TV shit afterwards. Did you know he's not actually Jamaican? <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you. You couldn't tell from his accent. <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced. Yeah, that's. Hey, the, man, it's we're gonna go fly to a beach, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I kind of don't like. His performance is great, but the accent isn't very good. So I kind of yeah, wish he just used his it's regular like, voice. The, the accent I would do as a joke. Yeah. Um, the character of John uh, was always supposed to be Jamaican, but he was also kind of going to be a stand-in for George Romero because he was supposed to be like um like six five and like big. But then, uh, you know, this Terry Alexander got it who uh, was not big. <laughs> there is a kind of a, uh, mm-hmm. obviously a history in like the first three zombie movies George Romero does of like the main hero, one of the main heroes being like a, a, a black dude. Yeah. A thread. Mm-hmm. Also, um, coincidentally, Tony Todd auditioned for the role of Terry. Oh, he would later go on to be or in the John remake. Rather. Yeah, then he got to be in the um, 1999 Living Dead remake. So, Which, not well, as cool. No. No. Well, I think the Night of the Living Dead remake was more successful at the time. than. Oh, I'm sure it was. was. So, so, I mean, it probably worked out all right for him. I guess. I just would rather be in Day of the Dead. But, yeah, good, I would good call, Kyle. Legacy and, you know, for career-wise, the remake is probably the way to go. Yeah, and plus, Tony Todd's had a stellar career. Whereas um, Terry Alexander, not quite as much. What's Tony Todd's Jamaican accent like? That's the real question. I've, uh, <laughs> I refuse to believe he would have done one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got Jarlith Conroy, who plays McDermott. Um, so he's Irish in real life. He tries to do an American accent in Day of the Dead for some reason. Even oh, is that why he sounds so fucking weird? <laughs> his character's name is McDermott already. Why don't he, and they call him Billy Boy. Why don't they just have him be Irish already? <laughs> yeah, because he's trying to do an American accent, but it's like, um, like, it's like your, your Irish grandpa trying to do an American accent. <laughs> it's like, let me see your papers, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. He's he's not like um, a big time actor, but he's got quite a few other parts. Um, but interestingly, all of his other filmography is uh, <laughs> very stif- stereotypical Irish names, and like one of them is just like Irish guy, Irish crook, and then it's like Aiden McQuinn, <laughs> Declan O'Connell. <laughs> like every movie is him playing some Irish guy, <laughs> Mac O'Patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Richard Liberty plays Logan Frankenstein. He does a great job. Uh, I like the concept of like there being um, a scientist who's like, oh, they still retain their memories, and but then decides to train them like bad because he doesn't himself have any morality, you know, like a Frankenstein character. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of layers here because like I think the, the overall message is that you're supposed to you know treat change with kindness and compassion but then logan does it in such a fucking warped way yeah he's um logan represents i guess maybe uh george romero's feelings about the advancement of science and technology without any conscience so this idea of because of frankenstein dr logan basically doesn't seem to care what the end result is he's just like really interested in seeing what he can do rather than if he should do it, like the Jurassic Park conundrum. <laughs> I was going to make that joke too. Yeah. 
Uh, we also got Anthony DeLeo, who plays whiny Miguel. He's got the really cool voice. It doesn't seem like it should be his voice because he seems like a little guy, but he's got <laughs> a pretty cool voice. Uh, and he, when we meet him, he is he is already a broken person. Yeah, he's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> well, I know who not to hang out with. As long as no, talk except for I would probably be like way more reckless than him. Like when he sees the zombies at the beginning of the film when they touch down in the, the Florida city and he starts running, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to play chicken with them. <laughs> <laughs> not very fast, so. Yeah, I mean, that's why I would do it. The thrill. The 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 the, the safe thrill. It's like getting a tattoo. <laughs> Until you slip on a banana peel. Mm-hmm. Or you slip on some zombie guts. Zombie guts. Ugh. Speaking of the opening, do uh, you like that Mr. Crocodile that shows up? Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Did you see he had a wound on his nose? Did he? Was it from injuries sustained on set? The crocodile wrangler showed up and got Mr. Cocodrill out of the truck, but they dropped him on his nose. Oh, no, Mr. Cocodrill. Yeah, and apparently he was pissed off the rest of the day. Well, like, no shit. He probably had a broken nose. Yeah, he was like tail whipping the handlers and shit. This is what he signed up for. Yeah, that's just funny to me. I think it's cool that they got a, a, a crocodile come in because it shows that, like, you know, oh, shit, they're all hell's breaking loose. There's no semblance of society left. <laughs> There's a crocodile in the bank. Crocodile catching his checks. Yeah, like, you can see he's got, like, a, his nose is hurt. His snout. His snoot. And those two zombies that follow after him that look like male men or whatever. Those are angulars? Yeah, those are his handlers. Yeah, I'm assuming they're no, they're no one else wants to be that close to a goddamn crocodile. Yeah. So that's pretty extra cool. on a movie set in the 80s. I mean, maybe so, nowadays. When they called for extras for that scene, they got like hundreds of volunteers, like local celebrities, politicians, all sorts of crazy shit. So I think they probably could have gotten anyone in the 80s to show up in the George Romero zombie movie. Not I'm, kick a crocodile out of a door. I'd do it. I would not. Mm-mm. I've seen the crocodile hunter. I'd put my finger up its cloaca. <laughs> cloaca. Nah, I put my finger off. It's cool. No, it's just butthole according to the South Park, huh? Well, I mean, it's the cloaca is where the the um all the sex organs and the, all the magic happen. <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where the pee comes from. There, you got some poop. You got everything going on. Yeah, it's basically just like you know, a dump. it's a catch-all. It's a dump. <laughs> all right, Sherman Howard. That's enough joking around. This is serious. Sherman Howard plays Bub. Similar to our fella Big Daddy. I don't think they ever call him Big Daddy in Land of the Dead, but that's what he's known as in the in the uh, the of the dead community. That's a <laughs> stupid name for a gas station attendant zombie. He should just be called Gus. I swear he's got a name on a name tag on. I think so. he does. If I I haven't seen Land of the Dead probably since it came out on DVD. But yeah, uh, I was gonna watch it again this week, but never got around to it because I instead just watched Day of the Dead again. I gotta watch uh, Bill and Ted before the new one comes out. Bill into um so Bub is uh, never seen attacking a living human for food and only kills the main human antagonist as revenge. Although he does try to kill him when he first meets him. He just didn't like that guy because he didn't <laughs> salute him. <laughs> He's like, fuck this asshole. You, you salute know, the, the the rank, not the man, sir. <laughs> you know, like when you, you you meet someone and immediately you're like, Oh, I'm not gonna like this person. That's almost everyone I meet, but sure. Yeah, but that was Bub when he when um, fucking Rhodes came in. He was like, "Oh, I don't like this dude. <laughs> I'm gonna race him." <laughs> um, Bub does like he eats flesh and organs. Uh, like you see him eating Private Johnson and Miller. 
that were given to him by a doctor. So, like, I mean, he's still a zombie, you know? He still wants to eat people and stuff. He just... Well, I guess I mean, he he doesn't kill for food anymore. But if, you know, there's, if there's some guts lying around, mm, free guts. <laughs> the other big thing about Bub is um he had a much smaller part originally even all the way when they get to the shooting script uh bub is kind of just like a side attraction that's going on but uh sherman howard was like really good as bub and george liked him so they just filmed more scenes with them and thought it was interesting so that kind of i think bub's one of the most interesting parts of the movie but he doesn't necessarily fit in with anything else that's going on in the movie right yeah that's true because it's like the movie's just about societal collapse and how people can't get along even when it's absolutely necessary and blah 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 and then, then it's also like and also some zombies are learning <laughs> <laughs> which comes up again in land of the dead obviously it makes the, the like the final act of land of the dead possible but it's like not that important to the lore of george romero's zombie movies i don't think yeah, it's one of those things like it kind of felt like he was trying to do something with it in Day of the Dead a little bit, but I, I don't know that there was really any point to it in Land of the Dead other than, hey, it's a zombie army. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, in Land of the Dead it's just so that the so that there's um enough of a direction for the zombie army to get to the city, right? Yeah. And all of the seeds were laid there by Bub and Day of the Dead, but I don't I don't think it was originally intentionally supposed to be that purposeful. But I guess in the very original script, when it, the army were going to be training zombies to kill other zombies, maybe it would, it would have made more sense. Because like I said, Bub, right now, he would work as the perfect zombie assassin. Like, they could send him down into those mines and, like, clear out the other zombies if they wanted to. Because <laughs> he'd just be walking among them with his fucking AR-15 and shit, and he'd be like, all lives matter, blah, 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 blah. I'm just telling you that there's no way he's going to be good enough shot. And he, what will happen is you'll go through after he's done, and you'll have to, you'll have to go through and, uh, you know, cap, plus the cap on each zombie in the head because there's going to be a bunch of, like, you know, crippled zombies on the floor. Oh, you have to dome them? Yeah. Nah, the bubble handle it. It just, <laughs> it just needs a little bit more training is all. Just a little bit more. A little more encouragement. A little bit more training. Uh, also, Greg Nicotero of Walking Dead Shame plays Johnson, one of the troops. <gasps> At this time, Greg Nicotero is like Tom Savini's number one A-plus assistant guy who was up with all the special effects. But that was originally what his role was on The Walking Dead as well. And then for some reason they decided to let that guy direct the show for the like write it and produce it and shit. Like he's like the showrunner. Well, like, they really, they went tore through so many showrunners on that fucking yeah. series. I mean, I have no problem with Greg Nicotero as a special effects artist, one of the best. Uh, Walking Dead has amazing like practical effects in it and stuff still. But um obviously he doesn't know how to like tell a story because Walking Dead fucking sucks. Like Walking Dead is God awful. I just have like nothing good to say about Walking Dead. It's like every shitty, bad, worst part of Day of the Dead into an endless series of bad characterization and shitty writing and contrived situations. Or it's get it? Humans are the real danger. Get mm-hmm. it? Huh? Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about that before? Hmm? Well, that's the kind of the problem of like doing like an endless zombie story. Is like how how many how long can you mine those themes and make it interesting? 
I, I'm sure someone more talented could do it. I don't know that you can do it. Like no TV show should really run more. Definitely, than, yeah. yeah. Like four or five seasons, in my opinion. I think fucking five episode miniseries is all we should allow them. Shit, Breaking Bad that didn't need to be fucking five seasons. What the fuck even happened in half that shit? No, a lot of the yeah, you're, Breaking Bad is it's even not it's not even the worst example because it, the seasons not weren't that long. A lot of them and they were yeah. like six. Well, I brought not Breaking Bad up because that's the one that's lauded as like the most like all oh, best TV show of all time. 70% of it's fucking useless to the story. Cut that shit out. TV shows don't work. Write a story. Make it as long as it needs to be. Get out of here. Get out of my face. I want to keep doing it until it doesn't make any more money. Yeah, I mean, that's... And then maybe for a year or two after that. Like, I mean, there's no artistic integrity to TV shows, I guess is my point. Uh, George Romero himself also plays a zombie at some point. He's listed as a zombie with a scarf on. I tried to spot him. I was looking for a really tall, big zombie with a scarf on. Didn't ever really see him. So he might just be in the background of like a group shot or something. Because <laughs> he would stand out. George Romero was fucking big. This is even like when he was younger, he was like when he got old, he was just like tall and lanky. But when he was younger, he's a big fella. He was like playing football. Um, all the extras who portrayed zombies in the, the, the climax of the film uh, received a cap that said, I played a zombie in Day of the Dead. They also got a copy of the newspaper from the beginning of the film. The one that the says walking, the dead walk, dead walk <coughs> and one dollar. Ooh. And the uh, day of the dead home game. I think they, the one dollar is specifically because legally uh, they have to pay extras uh, some amount of money. I believe. I don't know the rules. Yeah, but that would still be pretty cool. Like I said, most people were just like hell eager to be in the movie. So I, I mean, if George Romero is still alive and he's filmed like a zombie movie around here. I'll go be in this movie. No problem. No problem, George. You're in luck. Zack Snyder's making a zombie movie. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, he's like, you know what? Fucking, I haven't done anything good since Dawn of the Dead. I heard it on the VHS Cold podcast, so I'm going, <laughs> going back to my roots. <laughs> I'm going to make a Day of the Dead remake. What? Someone already did that? Someone already did it like three times? Shit. Um, you'll recall at the end of the first Resident Evil film when Alice uh, gets out of the whatever the fuck facility is called, the umbrella facility. What do they call it in that movie? I don't, I don't remember. She steps outside though, or, or actually she falls off of um uh, 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 a medical table and she's just got a little like like a little like paper like shirt on and you, for a second you can see some pubic hair. But um, when she gets outside, there's a, a newspaper that blows in the wind, and guess what it says on it? The dead are a walking. Yeah, that's a reference to Day of the Dead. But it's just a real colloquially and like a, like a slangy term. Oh, the dead are a walking. They are a walking, huh? Hmm? Extra, extra, the dead are a walking. You should have said extra. Extra, extra. <laughs> okay. So, Night of Living Dead came out in 1968. Dawn of the Dead. 1978, Day of the Dead, 1985. So there's uh, big stretches between these uh, films. What happened uh, after Dawn of the Dead, however, though, because Dawn of the Dead was uh, very successful, is George Romero was pitched a deal by, what's the name of the fucking company? UFDC or something like that? Some production company owned by um, Salah Hassanin. And he's like, I want you to make three movies for me, and one of them's got to be a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. And George Romero said, sure, no problem. But he made sure to make the sequel the last film, so that way 
he wouldn't accidentally make a sequel to Dawn of the Dead and then Saul would be like, oh, no more money, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly because of the 10-year gap between Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, though, you would think the seven years between Dawn and Dead wouldn't be too big of a deal, but turns out Day of the Dead was the lowest grossing film of George Romero's Dead trilogy, even less grossing than Night of the Living Dead, which didn't have a wide release at all. Which that implies to me that not even hardcore fans of Dawn of the Dead really came out to see the movie. What the fuck is the deal? God God damn it, what am I paying for? I said to make a Dawn of the Dead. You should have called it Dawn of the Dead 2. Put it in a mall. (laughs) Put it on the second floor. Uh, As previously stated, the film that Romero ended up making was not the one he started out with. Though perhaps many fools, I call them fools, like sub fool, you fucking fool. They uh didn't they they were initially disappointed, outraged by by Day of the Dead, some might say. Luckily, over the years it's been reevaluated by cool guys like me. And we now realize that Day of the Dead is probably the best of the dead film. And George Romero, before he died, said that Day of the Dead was his favorite film. So ha, take that, fucking Robert Ebert. Roger Ebert. <laughs> I regret Diary of the Dead. <laughs> he actually uh, did say um, of the secondary trilogy, he thinks Survival of the Dead is the most important one, and he hopes that eventually people will come to enjoy that one. So I saw Survival of the Dead. I actually haven't watched it either. I saw like the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, no, George, what is you doing? But maybe I'll watch it and see if there's something there that I miss. Uh, this is Tom Savini's masterpiece, in my opinion. And oh, these effects are amazing. Tom Savini's opinion as well. Tom Savini considers this his masterpiece. Plus, he got to make um, Bub look like Bella Lugosi, who he loves. So, <laughs> fucking masterpiece. Bub, you're a Dracula vampire. <laughs> <laughs> they used uh, like hella real pig and chicken intestines for all the gore scenes. I guess they went on break for like a week. And have the intestines stored in a refrigerator that got unplugged. And so when they went to go film Joe Pilato's death scene where the zombies all rip out his guts, it'd been like a week of them sitting unrefrigerated, but they didn't have time to replace him because it was like the last day of shooting pretty much. So uh, there's a, there's behind the scene footage of them. Luckily, it only took one take. Yeah, I'm sure it only took one take. <laughs> there's behind the scene footage and like... um Everybody retching? Yeah, like you can tell, like Joe Plato, as soon as the scene is done, he looks like he's about to die. He does that thing where, like, he like turns and closes his eyes and like holds a hand to his mouth and like gets really quiet. And everyone's like, "Joe, are you okay?" And he's just like, and everyone else in the background's got like um face masks on and like shit wrapped around their faces. <laughs> Joe's like, "Never, never speak to me again." <laughs> but that's badass. That's commitment. That's some real shit. This is real movie, real movie making hours out here. Not this fake shit like fucking Matt Reeves the Batman. No, Matt Reeves is gonna have uh, pig intestines for when he reveals uh, Professor Pig. <laughs> real stinky pig intestines. Mm-hmm. Professor Pig. Robert Pattinson insisted to be in a refrigerator for two weeks. Robert Pattinson would do some weird shit like that, though. He's a cool, weird guy. Weird, cool guy. I, I don't. It's not cool if there's no reason for it. Yeah, that makes it even cooler because it's like no, it doesn't. Yeah, it does because he's that's just who he is. That's like his inherent <laughs> being. Is he's just fucking weird? Nothing that cool means it's not contrived. Intestines. Oh, that was just an accident. <laughs> yeah, but in his case, it was intentional. See, you got to follow the joke. Oh. 
you know, a total of five scripts were written. <laughs> for the first one was like like four hundred pages, wasn't it? First draft over two hundred pages. So condensed it to one hundred and twenty-two. This is the true original script, and to date, no copies of it have come to light. No one has ever seen this original script. Oh my god, seriously? It was secret. Secret stuff. Oh shit. You know what I learned when I was doing horror comics research? Speaking of secret scripts. Uh, the original script for Alien 3, you know, the one that everyone was like, this would have been much better than fucking David Yeah, didn't they turn that into a comic book? Yeah, they did. They made a comic out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to check that out. Check, check that out. Check that out. Now uh, um, Marvel's going to be doing Alien comics, so it's going to be like Thor versus Aliens. That sounds stupid. Well, they already did Batman versus Aliens, so. Yeah, but Batman's just a regular guy, so it's scary. They did Superman versus Aliens, too. That's not as good as Batman. <laughs> See, see where I'm going with this? <laughs> it's, it's cool because Batman could get killed by these aliens. So All right, fair enough. It'll be just... Captain America versus aliens. I mean, even Captain America is a little bit too overpowered for me, I think. Predator? It'd have to be, yeah, Punisher or Daredevil versus aliens. Oh, oh Punisher versus Predator. I'm into that. Oh, that'd be badass. All right, <laughs> guys. You heard it here first. We're, we're writing Punisher Predator. Marvel, call us. We'll pitch it. As soon as I get back in these horror comics again, I'm like, you know what? Fucking, they'll publish any indie comic shit these days. I was like, maybe instead of writing screenplays, we should just start. Oh, let's turn all our comics into screenplays, or yeah. all our screenplays into comics. That's what we did when we were kids. When we were kids, we wanted to make comics, not fucking high flute movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I should go in the garage. I have all our old comic books. <laughs> They're all like pretty dumb. It's like, what if the fucking X Force showed up in the, the Bay Area? <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple original ones. Yeah. We were only like 10. Give us a break. Yeah, also, like, no cap. I know, like, it's a joke to, like, cap on fucking Lee Field and McFarlane and the Image dudes, but that shit, I'll, I'll never not like Todd McFarlane, and I don't care that Rob Lee Field can draw feet. The fucking the X-Force were wild when I was a kid. That shit was badass when I was, like, I don't know, six to eight. Yeah, that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? I guess, but I don't care. That was... Well, that's pouches, pouches everywhere. What's cool about it though is that's like still outlaw shit because they were like not trained in like the Marvel um, or DC Marvel like bullshit. They came in as independent contractors, wanted to do it their own way, wanted to draw their own way. Were tired of getting screwed around by like the rules of the publication. Tried to get unionized, couldn't do it. And then Tom McFarlane's like, "Fuck that! You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pencil, I'm gonna ink, I'm gonna letter, and I'm gonna write. So I get all the royalties on everything I do." And Marvel is like. Everyone fucking loves you, so you get your own Spider-Man book. And he's like, yeah, take that, pussies. And then after like a year or two, he's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And they started Image. <laughs> That's like hardcore. Uh, he has one of the worst runs in Spider-Man, though. Art is amazing. Story, not so great. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, the, you can be a penciler who... Uh, like the, You can be a penciler who, uh, air quotes, writes a story for comics, but you can't really be... A writer who decides to start drawing, unless you're Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was it in the '90s, though. For that, uh, yeah, for most of the '90s, it was just fucking uh, wild card pencilers, like being like, "Fuck this shit, I can write it too, no problem." And then it was all just splash page after splash page. Juggernaut shows up and Spider-Man kicks him. It's badass. Who double splash? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking two-page spread. Another two-page spread. It's all cable. <laughs> That's the big guy in Rusty uh, comic book. <laughs> <laughs> this is badass. Why should every page should be uh, two pages? It should all be splash pages. I don't need any story. 
That's the big guy in Rusty comic book. Yeah, so original reversion, original version was rejected. Uh, Romero scaled it down, uh, and he got to 165-page draft this time. This one's often erroneously referred to as original version. Then he got it down once again to 104-page draft, labeled the second version second draft, in an unsuccessful final attempt to get the story within budget parameters. Couldn't work with the budget, couldn't get the money for it, so he said, fuck it, drastically altered the story and produced just a shooting draft that was only 88 pages. Ooh. Yeah, take that. I mean, that's uh, this is uh, the man who uh, if, if I remember on the Creep Show episode, he edited down uh, Stephen King's like two hundred page screenplay into like a hundred pages, right? Yeah, and the like the, the it's also uh, like Dawn of the Dead. Uh, they shot like hundreds of hours of footage for that movie, and like the movie was made in the edit. So like George Romero, like he's a pretty flexible guy. Like I said, coming from like a real like do-it-yourself, like fucking honestly punk rock before punk rock style filmmaking, uh, George Romero knows what to do to get it done. So like he just, like Dawn of the Dead, they basically just had access to the mall for however many nights. And it was basically like, hey, Tom Savini, what weird shit can you come up with? We'll film this, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up with hours of footage and he edited it into like a real movie. So that's uh, that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, I mean George George Romero, fucking, he can do it, man. He can do it all. This is real shit. This is real. He's he's the Todd McFarlane of uh, of uh, movies. That's right. Except a way better writer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sure is. Uh, another great thing about Romero and all the of the dead films and his other films is uh, George Romero generally only works with like the same crew and uh, cast members and stuff for. Uh, most of his movies all from the Pittsburgh area. He said, you know what? Got that national success with Night of the Living Dead and then financial success with Dawn of the Dead. Fuck it, I don't need Hollywood. This is about this is about Pittsburgh. He was uh, him and Mac Miller were like <laughs> Pittsburgh baby. <laughs> more more Romero than, than Mac Miller, maybe. I mean Mac Miller's pretty dope. <laughs> he stopped kind of shouting out Pittsburgh towards the end there though. But it's alright. We all knew he's from Pittsburgh. Said I'm from the Berg, not the Burbs. I didn't. I, I thought he was from San Antonio. San Antonio. I'm just kidding. Um. So there's a quote from George Romero where he says essentially the film is about the disintegration of values and trust, trust in government, trust in institution, etc. And I said, hmm, hmm. Does it ring true today? Do people believe in the government, in the institutions? Do they believe <laughs> in the post office? <laughs> what post office? And I said, <laughs> no, they don't. People don't believe in shit. And then I was thinking, uh, we're too thoroughly beat down at this point to conceive of a sort of politically subversive movie that would be like Donald or Day of the Dead. Because like, like I said earlier, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, kids on the internet are like afraid of um, conspiracy theories and shit. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's because it makes... I don't know. There's real conspiracy theories, but the idea that um, the conspiracy theory, as most people understand it, is like Hillary Clinton's in the bottom of a pizza basement, sacrifices children to Beelzebub so that she might live forever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, meanwhile, there's uh, the whole ice conspiracy uh, where they're sex trafficking children. Uh, yeah, but they are doing that. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. That's a real oh. conspiracy. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I, yeah, I. It's just uh, I was just making a joke that like, um, I guess you're right though. There isn't. That's the problem I said before. Right wing conspiracies is like, the fucking the truth is out there, and they're like, no, but it's inconvenient. So it's actually. Yeah, but Tom Hanks isn't involved in this <laughs> truth. It's actually Magic President or something, or the Jews. Goddamn it. No, no. It's, what, it's either the Jews or Satan worshippers, damn it. Uh, I, I guess my larger point, even that fat joke didn't land, is um, yeah. Instead, we're getting like the fucking eighth Batman movie in the last like ten years. So, hell yeah, movie industry, let's go. Well, I don't know, but like, there's not really subversive media at all. Although I guess um, maybe there's maybe some books out there that I'm not familiar with. There probably is. But. There's uh, books and comic books and music and um, <laughs> not popular. Well, okay. Not popular ones is what I'm getting at. Mainstream. Oh, yeah. And that's really there's probably uh, there's probably a couple movies that, you know advocate what you're talking about, but they're not mainstream. I mean, it's the same problem. I like that's, it's just not reaching who it needs to reach. Well, my problem with the movies specifically is uh I, of course, still very keyed into independent film, especially horror film. And, um, nope. Even they're not doing it because guess what? Fucking corny ass brand loyalty capitalism has infected everyone. People make like independent horror films now to show like off how many fucking references to fucking Halloween merchandise they can make and shit instead of actually making any point. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> All there is is Get Out. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's the only horror movie, modern horror movie I've seen since like Scream that had anything to say. And Scream was just a meta commentary on another horror movie. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> no, wait. There, uh, what was uh, Peel's other one that came out? Oh, us? Well, oh, uh, yeah. Us. Us. This is Us, the TV show. <laughs> I, I almost said this is Us. I was this close. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's what I mean, though. It's like... Um, that's what's terrifying to me i guess is that i know even the mainstream films in the 80s weren't necessarily i mean actually fucking robocop and shit but well it's um, not well, robocop isn't necessarily mainstream either i mean it, it became a, mainstream it was success yeah but, but um, it was gonna it was gonna be marketed that way you know what i mean it wasn't it, it, wasn't had, a, it had a fucking big budget it was from a major studio at the time i guess that's true yeah so anyways my point is um not even in independent filmmaking are people really exploring new ideas anymore it has all been very commodified and brand centric and shit um there are there are like every once in a while i think i've shouted out a few different movies over the course of this podcast where there's some movies that have something to say but even that is like um the most like mundane uh like everyone's special kind of weird affirmation type film <laughs> rather than anything being like a dire political condemnation or a, a critique of society in some way um, well i mean I, I don't even know if that has to be a dire political or a dire condemnation i mean it just should you should occasionally have something to say about you know society at large I guess, but everyone's going to be like, what about the Joker, baby? And I'll say, that movie was a fucking joke. <laughs> well, I, Kyle, I don't think you, you know this, but a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests have entirely based themselves off the, the Joker movie. Yeah, yeah, all white anarchists love the Joker or some shit, too. Yeah, whatever. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, I, um, 
That was why an anarchist. I definitely loved some a corporate slop that was thrown to the fucking masses. Yeah, uh huh. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's got it's got Bobby De Niro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's got it's got uh, all the plot elements from the, the Scorsese movies you like that actually had something to say. Those got Bobby De Niro too. <laughs> <laughs> fucking remix. <laughs> Remix. Yeah, basically, I, my point is, um, our society is dead. It's dying. I don't know what the future holds. I guess at this point, we'll, we will probably die in like a fight to obtain fresh water or burn to death, right? Oh no, no, no! Uh, not me. I'm definitely. I'm. I'm packing up. Oh, couldn't be me. Couldn't be. Me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm built different. <laughs> Oh yeah, so here it is. Uh, UFDC was the name of the production company. It was owned by Salah Hassanin. Uh, after Don, he got a three-picture. George Romero got a three-picture deal with Salah, um, and as long as he made a sequel to Don, and Romero was like, "Fuck that, I'll make a Night Riders and Creep Show first. That was to make sure he couldn't pull out the deal as soon as he made the Don sequel. Unfortunately, Night Riders, pretty big flop. Creepshow did very well, but Warner Brothers got most of the money. And when they got around to making the Day of the Dead sequel, uh, Sala was only offering $7 million if he can get our rating. And um, if he couldn't, 3.5. So Tom Savini said the original idea was it was going to be like Raiders of the, of the Lost Ark with zombies. <laughs> so some lofty goals. It's Gone with the Wind with zombies and Raiders of the Lost Ark with zombies. There's a lot of shit going on in this script. I really want to read this original screenplay. Me too. <laughs> too bad it's never uh, never going to be released. Yeah, because in the um, Day of the Dead making of documentary that came out, one of the more recent Blueberry, <laughs> Blueberry releases, Blu-ray releases, <laughs> uh, George Romero's like, yeah, it had like fucking, uh, fucking people on... Uh, fan boats going through the bayou and he's describing all these like crazy action set pieces and shit and it's like man what the fuck (laughs) there still hasn't there honestly still hasn't been a zombie movie that's like that wild i don't think uh what about that fucking uh, well obviously it's not practical effects or as personal as uh romero's movie would have been but didn't world wars you have a lot of weird crazy set pieces Oh, that's true, but that's just like swarms of thing of zombies crawling over walls and shit. Yeah, Seems I'm not like, saying they were good. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I guess um, Zombieland, the first one, it has a pretty good like range of like action set pieces on a smaller scale. Oh, that's true. They do. do uh, Zombieland actually did do some good work, and I, mm-hmm. uh, Zombieland and then like Shaun of the Dead are probably my two favorite zombie movies, and they're both funny or comedy zombie movies uh, of the last twenty years. Uh, twenty eight days later. Yeah. Which is the I would say uh, owes quite a bit of debt to the Day of the Dead. In yeah. fact, uh, it's yeah pretty directly inspired by Day of the <laughs> Dead. And um, once again, uh, it's uh, from Day of the Dead until Twenty Eight Days Later, and the, kind of the Dawn of the Dead remake, but not really. Dawn of the Dead remake is kind of a joke too. Uh, Day of the Dead all the way to Twenty Eight Days Later in two thousand one. I, those are the only serious zombie movies. That's my point. I don't, people could not handle Day of the Dead being as serious and dour as it was. They were like not prepared. So there's a phase of like apocalyptic movies in the late 60s, but they're more um, corny sci-fi and hopeful, right? Like Omega Man. or They're all based mm-hmm. off of I Am Legend anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So people I was were, just thinking about that the other day because like, uh, um, we were watching 
uh, Vincent Price movie, and I made the uh, Last Man on Earth joke, which is uh, I Am Legend mm-hmm. movie. And uh, uh, that's uh, that's kind of how I feel about society right now. Is that uh, vampires are going to take over? Vampires. <laughs> I'm going to join the sexier beach ones from Lost Boys. All right, you got the earrings for it. Let me in the gang, Kiefer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Some of a bitch. I'll, man, I'll, I'll stuff Kiefer in a trash can and take over the gang. I'm way bigger than him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my dad. <laughs> he's dead, you dummy. <laughs> not a, he's a goddamn vampire. He's not dead anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, yeah, but my point was people were kind of okay with the, the, the campy apocalyptic films of the late 60s. But Is Donald Sutherland dead? I don't know. <laughs> he's old as shit if he's not. But even those weren't, like, super popular. Um so this film coming out, especially after Dawn of the Dead, which is essentially a comedy, and it's coming out the same time as another classic zombie film, Return of the Living Dead, which is a straight-up comedy. Uh, people cannot handle this shit, I don't think, especially because it's like the height of the Cold War and people probably stressed out about stupid shit anyways. So they were like, I can't handle it. This is too much for me. I'm pee-pee in my baby panties. Probably the same reason we don't have films like this coming out right now and why everyone's like, I gotta hold on to my Lego action figures at all costs. Only thing I believe in is politics and Marvel movies, because I'm a little pissed baby. Because <laughs> they're too, too scared to face the truth. They gotta come with fucking QAnon instead of realizing we just need to kill ICE. It's easy. <laughs> just get rid of ICE. No, it's QAnon. We'll never... Oh, fuck it. No, just get rid of ICE. There's a solution. Open your fucking eyes, you little piss babies. No, no, no. Uh, the real problem is, like, all those people after the adrenochromes from the kids, you know. I, I, I don't need, know what <laughs> I need to test out this adrenochrome. What's it all about? It's not real, goddammit. What? It's not gonna. Add, how many? How much? How, how many inches is it gonna add to my hops? Oh, I mean, you'll be able to dunk afterwards. Oh hell yeah! Give me some adrenochrome. That's why everyone's always hating on me because they're jealous of my hops. <laughs> you're, you're mad hops. Six <laughs> two yeah. with a eighteen inch vertical. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably pretty bad to be honest. I don't know what mine is these days. I used to probably be around two feet, but I don't think I do that anywhere close to that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Especially, I probably was getting I was getting better because um, I was doing like a lot more uh, like uh, leg lifts and stuff. I was doing um, quite a bit more like leg exercise leading up to the pandemic. But now it's been like six months since I went to the gym and like I don't have any of that equipment. It's like fucking blasting arms and chests all day. <laughs> I mean, even that I haven't been doing the last few months because it's been hot as shit. So nope, I can't jump at all now. I'm a loser. Loser. Fucking the United States couldn't even get it together so I go to the fucking gym. This goddamn garbage country. No, don't worry. 2021 you'll be back in the gym. No, I won't. <laughs> I'm, never, <laughs> I'm never going back to the gym. I can't trust that shit. <laughs> Fucking COVID's not going away. No, 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 no. <laughs> Herd immunity. Yeah, so, uh, like, eventually they had to, Romero's like, fuck it, we're doing it live because he's a real man's man when it comes to making films. And by that, I mean he's DIY punk rock. doesn't have anything to do with masculinity. Um, he said, fuck it, we're going to make the script all take place in one location. It's going to be in this mine that actually exists, and we're going to explore the same ideas on a smaller scale. Instead of like literally watching society tear it apart like through political action and shit, we'll just do it in the small scale so the characters become representative of like, Congress and science and shit like that. You know, <laughs> metaphors, allegories, whatever. Romero never does that, so. Nah. Uh, uh, this is about zombies. 
So when they're uh, down in the mine, which is an actual real location, it's a mine in Pittsburgh um, where people store apparently boats and uh, a lot of film is stored there. And when uh, John's going through the records of shit that's stored in there, when it's like uh, a lot of uh, political government records and shit, mm-hmm. that's real. That's real shit. There is all that real shit in there. Yeah, the government stores uh, multiple records in a, multiple, in a lot of different places in a shit ton of different ways. Yeah. I, I was well, keen eyeing the mines and the sets and stuff because even when they're in the offices and shit in the mine, those are the actual offices of the mine that are built into the mine. I was looking at it and I was like, how did they, there's a part, um, they show this hallway several times where um, anytime Sarah walks out of her office, she'll grab like some pills from the first aid kit and hit up a water fountain. If you notice like in that hallway, the, uh, the rock from the mine is jutting out a little bit. And then if you look down at the tile, they somehow managed to tile all the way up into like that rock formation. I'm like, how the fuck do they do that? That was like, they had to sit there meticulously cut tile to fit it. That's uh, that's the kind of uh, expert masonry they used to have in the the 1960s when they constructed that fucking mine. That's crazy. Like I'm I'm obviously that's the case, right? It's not like magic or anything. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just like fucking that mason. Whoever <laughs> did, that, did it. I was like that fucking tile work is insane. Like that's one of those like um my new like uh mechanical dexterity things where like it makes my brain itch thinking about it. You know what I mean? Imagining like chiseling out like little sharp edges of a tile to fit in like it makes my brain itch (laughs) Uh, apparently also the mine was constantly 50 degrees but very humid which are the precise conditions you want to store film in anyways but they also had mechanical and electrical failures all the time which is probably why the chicken guts got so smelly uh, it, it caused others like problems with the special effects um, like Tom Savini's props would fail quite a bit during filming and then also like they'd get like melty and stuff because a lot of them are made of like wax and prosthetic and stuff but um, so the, the special effects guys were on set like every day all the time down in the mine and like fucking it sounds like they're just having the fucking time of their lives because they're just down there making like fake zombies and doing makeup and shit and like figuring out ways to like blow up fake heads and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just down there having fun. Everyone else is like, oh, I gotta be, I gotta stay in character. I'm so sad and everything's so desperate. And they're just like blowing shit up and riding around in golf carts and spraying each other with fire extinguishers and shit. Awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Tom Savini won his second uh, Saturn Award for special effects on the film. Never recognized by the Academy, of course, but as we talked about previously, the Academy's for nerds. Every no. year, every year's like, ah, oh, the Academy's so white, and that's true, but also, how come no one ever says, ah, oh, the Academy's so fucking nerdy? A bunch of dorks. Hey, why is the Academy just full of dorks picking out dork movies? Uh, as good as this film was, Sala didn't have very much faith in it. The film was given a very limited release. In fact, I don't think there would have been a sneak peek in Indiana, as you mentioned. No, no, no. They, they showed it in Indiana sneak peek, and it, we went over like gangbusters. And he's like, all right, we're going to put it in two theaters. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, definitely didn't happen because David Dead was released in a small selection of theaters on July 3rd, 1985, before rolling out to a slightly wider release on the 19th and running for about a week. <laughs> But yeah, uh, what's Eleven and her friends were definitely there at the movie theater, checking it out, enjoying it, putting up their thing posters. Like, but 
I guess obviously it's like the the two like nerdy losers who make the movie trying to you know give homage to um the nerdy things they like yeah nerdy things they like whatever but it's just like get that pandering bullshit out of here just start a podcast about it or something <laughs> don't that's make respectable some, damn it. <laughs> yeah don't make some dumb shitty TV show that just copies shit from it uh so after it's theatrical release though the film is grossed up to this point about over 30 million dollars that was mostly thanks to um international markets and then it got uh, quite a bit of its revenue if you can believe it from um vhs and dvd sales hmm. Hmm. <laughs> the lifeblood of the horror movie pretty much that's the only thing that's really kept anything um of value going seemingly is a home video and uh fans although most fandoms seem to be shit right we were talking about it earlier everyone's just kind of like a baby about shit independent what? horror films oh how many references can i make to other horror films or some shit about getting married or some shit some fucking dad issue disguised as a horror film or oh fucking i only like fucking baby lego toy movies because i'm so scared of the world we live in or um Kids' cartoons are very meaningful and so meaningful we have to fucking fight each other about political issues on Tumblr and shit. That's what fandom is now. <laughs> Garbage. I don't know why you spend any time on Tumblr. I don't really. I just see the the, the cast-offs and the drags and the, the, the culturally relevant shit through other means. I don't know. Everyone's familiar with how toxic like fandoms are in general now. And it's just weird. To me, it's weird to have um, such an uh, allegiance to a, a, a brand or anything like that in general. Obviously, this podcast is very anti-consumer, even though it's about consumer products. <laughs> but uh, so that's already appalling to me to ha- invest that much into some form of media, and then for people to make like political, personal, ideological issues with other people because of Steven Universe. And what the their favorite ships are or whatever that shit's fucking weird. That's that's like go outside and do some push-ups or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like what the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? You never uh, you shipped your favorite characters from uh, I don't know, fuck are you watching a ten X Men. Well, I mean, Gambit and Rogue forever, obviously. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, like, the people that are doing this, too, they're not really, like, the target audience for these. Oh, no, they're, like, 30-year-olds. That's what I mean. Yeah. They're, like, people our age. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, based in political ideologies around, like, fucking baby shit. <laughs> like, fucking, oh, fucking, uh, is Luke Skywalker gay? I hope he's gay. It's like, I understand you need representation. What does it matter? But fucking John Waters movies exist. You don't need your fucking existence to be confirmed by a fucking two and a half hour bloodless toy commercial. It's fucking Some ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. No, that's baby shit. <laughs> Watch John Waters movies, you loser. Right, you're selling Greta Thunberg now. <laughs> All right. Your Lego toys and your... No, speaking of people like Star Wars action figures. Yeah. Well, that's actually why I keep referencing Lego shit because that's what she said. Yeah. I, uh, um, so speaking of other people who have shitty tastes, uh, David Dead has only an 81% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the lowest of the original Night of the, Night, uh, original of the Dead trilogy. That's not, not bad for uh, Rotten Tomatoes, though. Uh, yeah, a lot of it has to have come from retroactive reviews i'm sure too because some of the quotes i'm about to drop are pretty scathing for the contemporaneous reviews but lighting night of living dead has 97 and dawn of the dead has 93 so kind of a steep decline 
Uh, critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says Day of the Dead may arguably be the least haunting entry in George A. Romero's Undead trilogy, but it will give audiences plenty to chew on with its shocking gore and scathing view of society. I think it is the most haunting <laughs> because of the scathing view of society. It's like shit to actually think about in Day of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, it's like, look at these funny gangs, gags and consumerism. You know what I mean? Yeah, there we went over this. There's motorcycles and, and there's pies. Yeah, and the zombies return to the mall because they remember feeling happy there. All fucking everyone is a cons- shitty consumer. I get it. It's not that big a deal. Come on. But Day of the Dead, oof, make you feel real sad. People just can't keep it together ever, huh? Can't trust them. Even people. when at the end of the world, you know what I mean? Like the pretty medicine to have the anthropic view. But when There's I watch a small it, group though, of people and you, you, you can trust and that's it. When I watch it though, is um, and they all have accents. When I watch the film, I have a little bit of hope, though, because basically like we were talking about earlier how you're going to survive climate change, like, where I'm like, yeah, but I'm built different. If I was there, like you said, I fucking would have capped Rhodes. Make sure he knows I did it first, though. Yeah, but again, like the whole point is the reason I do it in the moment like, is like, you don't need the confrontation with the army men right there. Just if he's dead in the morning, they're like, oh, whatever. Let's yeah, go the, smoke some weed. Yeah, and then I step into leadership position. And we change the fucking world because I'm built different. Couldn't be. Me. Well, first of all, we leave Logan behind. Let me go find uh, an island like uh, like fucking Torres wanted. Yeah, but we bring fucking Bub because he's our zombie assassin. <laughs> I don't trust him. I trust. I trust that man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I trust that man. Look at his eyes. He used. To, I know he used to pump gas. He's got. He's got ancient fucking long haul trucking wisdom in there. <laughs> he's got the the strong calloused hands of a of a worker. He's seen a skinwalker. I know it. <clears throat> he stayed up for forty eight hours on, on on quaaludes and, and caffeine pills. He prides himself in always being in the red. Uh, Roger Ebert who reacted favorably to the other films of Romero's Dead series, shockingly. He gave Day of the Dead one and a half stars, praising the special effects, but was put off by what he referred to as overacting in the movie. Specifically, Mm. that all of the actors screamed at each other for the entire film in a way that was not present in Romero's earlier films. Um, There's like... There's a lot of screaming in Night of Living Dead. Yeah, and also pretty much only Rhodes is the one who's like yelling like crazy in Day of Death. And his character's clearly lost his shit. You can tell because the other soldiers are like, fuck it, I'm not shaving anymore. This shit ain't real. And um, Rhodes is like, nope, I gotta stay clean shaven because I'm a military <laughs> man. So to be frank, like, uh, almost everybody in that movie has lost their shit except for, except for maybe Sarah McDermott and... Uh, uh, and the, that crew, John. I mean, as you would like, what like they're basically in there playing pretend. This is why I like the analogy of it being Congress or politics at large because they're they're all just they're playing pretend and not making any progress. Just like you know, real politics, uh-huh. these people are all in there doing their jobs, their duties, and air quotes, and continuing onwards and making no progress as they just slowly doom humanity to irrelevance. But right, I'm like how even if Logan's successful, like what the what's what the does he do? Yeah, what is yeah, Bubs. That's what I mean. That's why it's funny to me that Bubs gonna go be the zombie assassin. He'll somehow take out all the zombies or whatever. Uh, yeah. So just the irrelevance of everything they're doing, and the only people that seem to be aware of it are McDermott and John. <laughs> like those, those guys are me. It's just like, well, everything you're doing is bullshit. <laughs> 
So um, you, you, I, I think you would go crazy in the environment unless you were able to kind of see through the gaps and realize it's bullshit and you kind of just got to have fun with it, which is kind of how I think you have to live currently in real life. That's absurd. Oh, I apologize. See what I did? No, I did it. It's the thing. Get it? <laughs> yeah, because absurdism. <laughs> Uh, uh, some uh, fucking fog breathing, rounded shoulder, no chin having BBC reviewer named Almar Half Lidison <laughs> stated it benefits from a far larger budget than its predecessors but suffers from a story as malnourished as the zombies are chewing it up. Oh, look at that dry British wit. Mm. <laughs> I did that, see? Mm. He gave the film three out of five stars, though. That's a weird, considering the review I just wrote. <laughs> yeah, he just really wanted to get... The, oh, look at how clever I am. I, I wrote a clever line. I kind of liked it, but this is a clever line. <laughs> also, his name is legit Half Lidison, which is uh, obviously... He's very Anglo. <laughs> he's still got, like, the fucking old Viking name. <laughs> From Cornwall, no doubt. Is that, I thought no, Cornish people are still pretty Celtic, I thought. Well, wait, no, isn't that... Aren't they the ones that still almost speak Norwegian? <laughs> No, they speak Cornish, which is um, uh, it's language similar to Welsh. Welsh, it's uh, you know how Gaelic is split into yeah, two yeah, different yeah. types. I think of a different part of England. I might be. Yeah, he's probably thinking of um Northumbria. Uh, New York Times reviewer Jeanette Maslin said, "Yes, there are enough spilled guts and severed limbs to satisfy the blood satisfy the bloodthirstiest fan, but these movies tend to be clustered together, and a lot of the film is devoted to windy argument." Oh, yes, I too don't like to see any characterization in a film I watch. Weird, weird take. <laughs> yeah, right? This is what I mean is um, the people, people straight up did people not. People like, I don't like this. I don't know why, but I'm going to give you a reason. Yeah, they straight up did not get it when it came out. I'm telling you, they didn't like, they were not willing to like suspend their their disbelief enough to like imagine what the stakes would be at the end of the world in a zombie apocalypse, right? Or or, like, I mean, why are these, the theoretical lack of stakes, really, right? Yeah, they're like, why are these people so upset at each other? Why aren't they, you know, why aren't they throwing pies at the zombies anymore? <laughs> it's like, fucking, it's the end of the world. It's like, I don't know, people just like, we're, we're like, I ain't trying to hear this shit. Uh-uh. Everything is great in 85, all right? Reagan's president. We got another three more years of Reagan. Then we're going to get pushed. <laughs> Things, fucking America's never going to die. We're a shining city on a hill. <laughs> Stay tuned for Land of the Dead. Uh, reviewer Keith Keith Phipps stated that the last, to date at least, of George Romero's Living Dead films is in many respects the least interesting, although it's not for a lack of ambition. Well, I'm glad you threw that in there, buddy. <laughs> we care. We care. Uh, Variety wrote the film was the most unsatisfying of the original three films and that the yeah. acting here is generally unimpressive and in the case of Sarah's romantic partner, Miguel, Anton DeLeo, unintentionally riceable. Miguel fucking rules. You shut up, Variety. <laughs> I don't know if he rules. I, his voice is just cool as fuck. Um, so, poor reviews. Uh, very limited release. Gross $5.8 million domestically and $28.2 internationally. I'm assuming most of that due to Italy. Ah, you're welcome. Yeah, Italy fucking loves zombie shit, man. Uh, uh, obviously, critics didn't like it. Wasn't any making any money. Fans didn't show up for it. Uh, what's the deal? Why didn't anyone like Day of the Dead? 
they're fucking losers, piss pants little babies, like I said. They're afraid to see the world around them reflected in a film. They didn't like no one was prepared for the idea of what the, the actual endpoint of like a zombie uh, apocalypse would be. They weren't willing to take it seriously enough to consider it. And like I said, it's going to take another 15 years for there to be another like straightforward series zombie movie about what the consequences would be of something like this in 28 days later. And when that comes out, critics are going to fucking love it, including Roger Ebert. But I couldn't handle that shit with Day of the Dead because, man, fucking where are the motorcycle guys throwing pies? Kyle, the real problem is that the woman was was yelling. That's true. Yeah, she had a lot to say for a woman, huh? Oh, also, another thing, um, I didn't talk about this too much because I didn't want to um, throw any shade at Return of the Living Dead. But uh, they both did come out like only a couple weeks apart. And people got really confused which one was which. Huh. But. Return people were of, down in the 80s. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're still dumb now. Return of the Living Dead um, was pretty successful because it is a campy comedy movie, like I said. While Day of the Dead wasn't because people are like, oh, it's July and Reagan's president. I don't want to get bummed out. That's of legitimately why I think people didn't like it. People were just not ready for it. If it was October and Reagan was president, oh boy! No, I think uh, it would have taken uh, George Romero was about ten years ahead of like the what would be considered the edgy nineties, right? Um, <laughs> well, no, but you know, as you said, Dark Knight Returns is coming out right now. Yeah, that's in comic books. I mean, as far as like um, mainstream culture yeah, goes, yeah, you're probably that's true. Like the mid nineties, yeah. And I'm not uh, comparing Day of the Dead to like the. Uh, purposely like cringy, out of touch, like edgy '90s shit. I'm just saying that the attitude of like Generation X that became prevalent in the early '90s that eventually led to um, diluted, watered down bullshit, <laughs> cringe stuff. Um, they would have been happy to jump all over Day of the Dead because for some reason those guys were super disaffected. I'm not sure why. And of course, um, worked again in the Bush era. With uh, 20 Days Later and Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is kind of like a cute movie, though, right? Yeah. Let me tell you about it. You're my best friend, you know? And um, at the end of Shaun of the Dead, you see, uh, similar to, like, Bub, they realize, hey, you know what? We can still use these zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I need a second player. Yeah, so there's a little bit. A little bit Gotham Knights is coming out, and someone's got to play Tim Drake. A little bit of political commentary there, too, where they, like, have them all, like, pushing carts at the mm-hmm. supermarket and... Oh, I mean, especially I thought that was pretty great. The opening, right where they, yeah, the opening where they show people as zombies, and then, well, all, as zombies in their daily life, and then actual zombies later on. The continuity of the zombies. I never thought I would have to area. say it in live television. Uh, removing the brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, the weird like stuffy British politeness, even in like the face of imminent danger. Uh yeah, Shaun of the Dead is a good movie, but. <laughs> So is Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, my favorite Romero zombie movie. Um, probably one of the best zombie movies of all time. I think as for the subject matter, the only film that stands next to it really is 28 Days Later, and I think I like Day of the Dead more. Except for you can see Killian Murphy's Wiener in 28 Days Later, so keep your eyes out for that. And then, yeah, all the other good zombie movies that I like, anyways, are something like Cute and Funny like Shaun of the Dead or uh, Campy and Funny like Return of the Living Dead, which are all perfectly fine, wonderful works of art 
all of them much, much better than The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, absolute antithesis of anything fun about zombies. <laughs> so, well, let me show The Walking Dead a little bit more before we go. <laughs> yeah, but, but so plenty of ways to appreciate zombie films and what zombies are all about. That said, George Romero's The Master and Day of the Dead is his masterpiece. Everyone needs to go and watch it and think about um, how they felt about it before and get on the internet, post about it as much as you can. Anytime someone brings it up, say, fuck Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead's better. Dawn of the Dead's still a great movie, but Day of the Dead's better. And that is a VHS cult guarantee. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new thing we're doing with episode 100. <laughs> VHS cult guarantee. guarantee. You gotta say it like you're from Louisiana. This is a VH cult guarantee. Well, it's uh, the crocodile man from Ninja Turtles, right? That's the cro- He's also the crocodile man at the beginning of the Day of the Dead, so. Yeah, I'll guarantee. I'll guarantee. What's his name? I don't recall. Uh, Leatherhead. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good poll. So, this Friday, will we be on Twitch again? Yes, if you're up to it. All right, we will be on Twitch this Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. What are we watching? Uh, if you are interested, then I believe we're going to be watching, I think it, on Amazon, I believe it's called... Oh shit, I can't I have to look it up. Like, oh, Monster Outer Space Attack or some bullshit, or Astro Monster Space Attack. But I remember oh. it as Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, which is uh, the Godzilla movie we watched the most as a kid, I think. Monster Zero is Ghidra, right? Yeah, it's the one uh, where, you know, the uh, space aliens come and they're like, we need your help to stop this crazy space monster. So we're going to need to borrow Godzilla and Rodan from Earth to fight this crazy space monster. <laughs> and it turns out it's a trick. Friday, we'll be watching some cool-ass Godzilla shit, Godzilla rules. <laughs> no doubt about it. That'll be on twitch.tv slash VHS underscore cult, K-V-L-T. You can also go to VHScult.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Tell your friends about us. Specifically, tell Joe Bob Briggs about us. I think you should tell Ben Shapiro about us. I think he'd get a kick out of it. Ben Shapiro does not love his wife. <laughs> No, no, he loves her. He just the most important thing isn't isn't her vagina. It's just not in a physical way at all. Has anybody ever checked Ben Shapiro's studio for a helium leak? Well, Ben Shapiro, I'm putting you on blast. If I ever see you, I'll make you suck your own dick. Oh yeah, tell your friends, rate and review, email us. Um, next week we're gonna be uh, since next week will be September. We're taking a tour of Italy. Watch, uh, ciao, ciao, Yeah, we're gonna watch a series of films that are my favorite subgenre of my favorite genre. I like horror films, particularly like Italian horror and giallo films. So we're gonna be watching about four of those bad boys. Um, it's, I'm, I'm guessing at the end of it, uh, many people will pray for death. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to thank you if you've been fans of us for 100 episodes. I mean, I'd have to ask why, but thank you. Uh, if you're a recent fan, after this uh, month, you won't be. Um, I mean, unless you really like uh, Italian horror films, huh? <laughs> <laughs> huh? A, a C. Well, next week, though, yeah, we're starting the tour of Italy. So the first one we're going to be watching is uh, Lamberto Bava's Demons. Uh, this one's actually like a cute, fun, campy little gore splatterfest, so I don't think this one will be too intolerable to most people's tastes. Except for you'll have to get over the, the fact that they dub over all the dialogue, but you know, fucking... That's, it's, it's, a, it's an Italian movie. <laughs> yeah, it's Italy, baby. <laughs> get used to that shit. 
Uh, so that's what's up. Thank you for 100 episodes. If you've been a longtime fan, um, thank you. I see um, no evidence that we have any longtime fans, but if we do, love you guys. You're the best. For any new fans, just you know, get people involved. Um, I know there's a lot of podcasts about movies. I think I don't know. I don't pay attention to podcasts very much anymore. But uh, those ones all suck because I'm sure they're just talking about the Batman trailer instead of cool ass shit like Day of the Dead. So fucking this is real shit. This is real gangster shit from the streets. Uh, 707. <laughs> uh, nah, this is whatever. Um, send us emails. Hey, follow us on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Patrick Wolf Watch is ongoing. Let me know if you've seen Patrick Wolf. Whatever. 100 episodes. Air horns. <laughs> Oh, we were also originally called Space Force. We forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah, we did. We should have done a history of the podcast. Ah, fuck it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Space Force VHS Cult. I miss my friend Amanda. We haven't called that out in a while. Yeah, yeah, that was my 50 episodes on that one. Uh Uh, Day Watch update. I still miss my friend Amanda. I was trying to say, <laughs> I was like smiling when I said it, but I was trying to say it with the most like honest heartbreak as I could, or as if like I was in a hostage situation. But it's my friend Amanda. <laughs> He's blinking. Why is he blinking so much? <laughs> it's all my fault, I think. Usually it is. So that's my assumption. <laughs> all right, cool. VHS Colt, tune in. This is a long episode, but it's 100 episodes. Keep tuning in. I think we're just getting better over time. Eventually, we'll have like a girl on here or something. We'll expand the, the, gross. the audience. Gross. <coughs> gross are cool. No, they're gross. No, I love them. I'm a simp. I'm a simp. I love all women and one man. God. No, Kelly from Block Party. I would marry <laughs> that man tomorrow. Kelly, slide into the DMs. I'm ready. The only man I love is... I only love two men. My father and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, our Savior. Also, Ike D. Eisenhower. Man, fuck that dude. He didn't fuck with George Romero. I don't fuck with Eisenhower. Eisenhower is basically one of the zombies from Night of the Living Dead. 